Hello and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. Um, we're going to do something a little bit different tonight. We've been um, nodding or tipping our cap to this eight-game spell, which is now ten games with the Champions League and our recent FA Cup draw, which we'll come on to talk about. So we're going to take a little bit of a look um, to the next kind of five weeks and ten matches and see what we need to do, where the beams of light are coming from um, and where we hope to find ourselves at the at the end of, of this spell of games. So uh, to discuss that with us tonight, we've got Andy Bell in Liverpool. Andy, how are you? Yeah, very good, thanks. Uh, looking forward to getting stuck into the next sort of 10 games or so and getting stuck into the draw today. So yeah, fairly relaxed and um, looking forward to it. Good, yep. I've also got Beryl Atkins in the Netherlands because I can never say exactly where he's from. Yeah, ne- never mind that. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm fine and, you know, uh, uh, a bit idle, uh, you know, I haven't played our game in, uh, in, in, uh, at fr- on Friday. So, yeah, let, let's get uh, into this chat. Yeah, I think so. And uh, finally, I've got Neil Patterson in Berlin. Chief, how are we? Yep, dead on. Also, looking forward to chatting about this. Friday Friday evening game, as Beryl said, leaves you a bit uh, yeah, a bit of a loose end over the over the weekend with especially with that offering that we got like. Um luckily at least Dortmund Leipzig was was all right on Saturday night. But yeah, itching to sort of talk about this next spell which could could define the season, should define the season. Yeah, Chief, so you know, we're looking at it now. Um we'll just take a quick run through the fixtures because um, there's some big games in there. These span between the 17th of January, which as we all know is Man United, um, until five weeks later or just less than five weeks later to the 20th of February. We've got 10 games in there, which are Man United at home, Burnley at home, Man United away in the FA Cup, Spurs away, West Ham away, Brighton and Hove Albion at home, City at home, Leicester away, Leipzig away in the Champions League, and Everton at home. So there's some massive games in there, Chief. But the the issue at hand really is just the Reds' form at the minute. We we have talked long and hard about the issues at the back, the injury situation, the potential solutions that we may or may not see coming from the January transfer window. But in reality, if we take a look at it in the cold, hard light of day, the real issue at the moment is at the other end of the pitch. Um, we know the back force having an impact on the midfield, but this Liverpool said it used to be that no matter how badly we played or no matter how attritional we were in games, you'd always back us to score. You'd always back us to get two goals, maybe three goals, even on a bad day. Um, But that feeling is starting to kind of dissipate from within me due to the last kind of four or five matches. And it's starting to become a trend as opposed to an anomaly. Yeah, I think that's fair in the last. I mean, you've noticed it. In particular, I would say over the last three or four games, the Southampton defeat, the West Brom game, uh, the first half against uh, Villa's youth team the other night. Um, 
but I think there is a lot to be said about it being about it being a whole knock-on effect. It's, and it's not just the fact the centre-back is missing. It's, it's the fact that then the central midfielders are having to play at centre-back and you're missing your, your top number six there. And you're having to play lads who've maybe only had 45 minutes this season and lads who are just coming back in after eight months out injured and, you know, and all the rest of it to try and get, you know, just bodies on the pitch and, and get things integrated and moving again. So I think it's very, very difficult to judge just how well or badly they've done or or they've been doing with regards to the fact that um, you just don't you just you just don't know. I mean we're still obviously we're still up there. We're still uh joint I mean joint top I think. I think United could go top if they beat if they beat Burnley um, but I think as it stands we're we're still top of the league. Um and we've had the injuries we've had. So it's not just the centre backs as we it's not just one, it's two then, as we've said, you've, you've had to move Fabinho back in. Now, you've even had to play Jordan Henderson there the odd time. Um, I think so, at least for, for 190 minutes and I think another couple of 45s as well. He's dropped in there. So, it's not ideal. Um, I know what you mean. They've not necessarily linked so well up top, but I think there's a lot to do there with, with what's going on behind them and, and the ball not getting to the front three in, in their normal positions. Then I think there's a lot to be said about players not taking the risk, not playing the the aggressive ball, not playing the vertical ball when it, when there's an option to, to play safe. Again, I think worried about what's behind them, worried about potentially losing the ball. And I think there's been much more of a, a desire not to lose rather than a right. We're gonna we're confident that we're not gonna lose and we can just turn the screw here until we get the the breakthrough. Uh, I think that that has been lacking. I think uh, it's not just the fans that have lost the confidence that uh, we'll definitely find that winner. I think obviously the lads have lost that confidence slightly as well, and that's natural as you you know as you have games where you don't find the winner. Now at least let it be said we've only lost one game in this run, so it could have been a whole lot worse. Of course, it could have been a whole lot better, but I do think that given that we've got Thiago who's a major, major, uh, going to be a major influence on this side. And um, I think everyone can see that coming back and, and, and being fully fit now and having played a few a few games to get up to match fitness as well. Um, the fact that I think we'll have certainly Joel Matty for the first, and that's something that we'll discuss about the, the run in general. But looking at the United game anyway, we've, we've got players to come back in there. And I think, for me, one of the biggest issues with Liverpool's form this season has been when in, and these are just my words, and I don't mean any disrespect or anything, but against the smaller clubs where, or, or lesser lights of the Premier League where they've perhaps felt a little bit of complacency where they've maybe not had the same motivation that they normally would have, especially in front of fans, because uh, fans keep you honest. Um and I would, you know, so I think against Manchester United in a quote-unquote top-of-the-table clash, I don't think that is, that's going to be an issue. And um, while while I can understand we have had, you know, a few blips uh, recently and there has been a downturn in form, there's no doubt. I would I would trust that, that um, the United match will, will, you know, will be occasion enough to sort of blow all those blow all those away really and um, blow all the cobwebs away and, and we'll see the real Liverpool 
Uh, going on from there, we'll discuss it. But I think you know a big win there uh, against United at Anfield would would um, certainly go a long way to uh, silencing any any doubts, any critics, and uh, of, that have that have begun to arise. Yeah, um, there, Andy. There's certainly some cobwebs that seem to be gathering over the the performances at the moment. Um, you know, if we look at it specifically um chiefs mentioned there the disruption within the team but i think we've got some individual performance issues there as well um i'm looking at trent alexander arnold and we just we lose so much um when he's not playing well um and it's not just his ability to be able to cross the roll across the ball he essentially is, and we've talked about this a lot before, and everybody's noticed that it's been, it's been, you know, rehashed a million times. He is our deep land playmaker. He takes up on the pitch the Kevin De Bruyne position, if you like, um, and he can set the play. He can switch the play. He can dictate the tempo. He can fire any sort of pass, long or short, to create opportunities and openings. Um, but I think. His form, I think we've, I think we have negated to recognise how important he is to this side, um, because we are so good all over the pitch. But it's chickens are kind of coming home to roost now, possibly. Yeah, I think it was Carragher, wasn't it, who said he's like De Bruyne at right back, and and you're completely right to say that. I mean, his football and ability has been known. Um, right the way from when he was in the Liverpool youth team. I remember he, he came in and he played that friendly at Swindon Town, I think it was, five or six years ago. I think it was still under Rodgers, actually. And he was 15-16, and you could immediately see his football and ability. And that's ultimately why there has been a debate for so long as to whether he should ultimately move into midfield later in his career, kind of like the, the way Gerrard did as well. And, you know, I can see the argument for that, but I personally have always liked him at right back. Uh, I like what he offers us out there. I, I I think in the in the modern game, maybe even more so than ten years ago, it's imperative that you have uh, you have fullbacks that can that can produce quality and produce those crosses and create those chances for your attacking players. And he has been that for four or five years, and it's it's ridiculous to say that because he's only he's what twenty two years old. Yeah, I think he might even be younger than me, which is is scary to say as I sit here with a packet of crisps doing a podcast. But it's yeah, he is. Um, and his form has been off, and I think it's. Um, I think there's been a, a slight tactical problem as well with the whole thing, um, because it has just become a little bit too predictable over the last few weeks. Um, you know, it's understandable as well because you know we played like this the whole of last season, and then when lockdown came in, we were a little bit off it. We didn't really know whether that was teams working us out a bit more, maybe having had a bit more time to. Um, review the analysis and review the videos or whether it was just a bit of a lack of motivation or still being hung over from the, the Man City game. Probably a combination of, of all of the above, but the reality is that the teams have had quite a long time to, to, to sort of suss us out and, uh, and the blueprint's really been set uh, over the last month or so by the likes of Fulham, like uh, West Brom and Southampton and Newcastle. Uh, and I think it helps really when you've um, when you've got, you know, that young and experienced centre half next to Fabinho as well, because you know you've got that motivation. If you sit in, if you frustrate Liverpool, if you stop the the um, 
they service to the front three and stop the front three doing their thing, then you are going to get your chance because these are, as I say, inexperienced players who are inevitably going to make mistakes as well as I think uh, Nat Phillips and especially Reese Williams have done uh, when they've come into the side. But I think Robertson's been absolutely excellent this season and I think that maybe is showing Trent up a little bit um, because I think Robertson since lockdown has been by a distance our best player really and um, him and Mane have a have, a, have an incredible relationship down that side and Robertson's really kicked on and where would we be without him this season um, especially with the Simicast seemingly being perpetually unavailable so yeah um, against Villa I think it was just as I say the blueprint was set and it was worrying that we couldn't really break them down and uh, obviously I know Trent doesn't play in that one but it was the same sort of idea of constantly bringing it out wide to Nico Williams or James Milner cutting inside and it was just frustrating to watch and it is worrying because if Aston Villa can frustrate us and Aston Villa youth side for 60 minutes uh, can frustrate us in that manner and um, then you know better teams and better defenders and senior defenders can do the same and listen centre halves these days especially lower down in the league but in, with the big teams as well they can head the ball away they can head away percentage crosses into the box and we need, just need to make sure we don't become too reliant on that from the fullbacks and I think as Chief sort of touched on there the likes of Thiago coming back um, Shakiri coming into a bit more form Keita I know we can't rely on him but is one of those players that can unlock the defence and can provide that pass or go on that dribble that can open up that little gap that you can need and I think when Thiago came on on Friday night you, you saw it, instead of just taking the easy option out wide to Nico Williams for as a say a percentage cross he was firing it into the front three he was saying you know if you don't control this this is on you I'm giving you this pass and you need to do something with it and that opened up opportunities especially with Shakiri kind of doing a Tiago impression further up the pitch and when those two came on there um there was a far greater um bite about Liverpool's display and I know you know Aston Villa's uh used team they were tiring they're not used to playing 90 minutes against senior pros but the difference was huge and I'm sure we'll come on to talk about Manchester United but I would certainly start Thiago and I'd maybe look at starting Shakiri as well in that one and I think that's really important um, to take the onus and take the responsibility uh, off Trent Alexander-Arnold and Robertson because ultimately things can get a little bit predictable and uh, if we can just keep the opposition, opposition guessing a little bit more tactically um, then I think we'll see the best of Trent very soon. Yeah, it could well be the case Beryl um Obviously, this, the centre-back um, issue is evident for everyone to see. Um, so I'm just wondering, do you think that it's potentially the difference in results and performances this season or the fact that that situation has encouraged teams to decide, actually, we're going to come out and we're going to have a go? And we've got a bit more resolve to dig in and defend properly because we know potentially there is something to be got from this game. I was shocked at how uh, purposeful and positive Newcastle were when we went to James's Park. That's not something I ever expected from the Steve Bruce side, but they, you know, credit where it's due, they, they went and they had a go at us um, and we couldn't put the ball in the net, which has been a recurrent theme, as we said. Do you think that that's something that we're going to have to learn to deal with and that's there to stay until we sort that issue out? But do you also think that that's having an impact on, you know, the self-belief of the team? Is there is there a confidence issue potentially within the squad at the moment? Um, you, uh, you know, uh, I assume they are all human. So I think 
it, it is very likely that there is a, a confidence issue. Uh, um, what, what you could see um, right from the start, you know, and, and the start is when Virgil van Dijk was, was uh, uh, heavily injured. <coughs> Teams started to, um, you know, um, 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 what's it called? The, the long ball tactic was was uh, was was used against us uh, because they probably guessed that we wouldn't be as good as at heading the ball away. And and uh, Virgil is not only good at heading the ball away. But uh, if you, uh, you know, now we have to look back uh, at old footage, old footage, but. Um, uh, he, he doesn't just just head it away. He, he usually heads it away uh, t- towards uh, uh, one of our midfielders. He's very composed, and and you miss all that. And uh, Joe Gomez was never the best header, and he didn't have to be. It was a very complimentary duo, because one uh, was the more attacking defender, and and the other was the more composed defender who you know calmed things down. Um, and and now we don't have both of them, and 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 we didn't have he even have Joel Matip, you know, um, uh, arguably number three, m- number two in in, in that uh, you know from those three players. Um, and and uh, and this is I think this was what what Newcastle was uh, doing against us. Again, you know, the long ball, and they have uh, physical strikers, and and we we had predicted that we would play with uh, with Nat Phillips because he's you know he's better at heading the ball than than uh, Reese Williams is, um, but he has other flaws, uh, and 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 they would be a co- if 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 Nat Phillips and Reese Williams would be one player, then that that would be a good player. Uh, someone you could work with, but uh, they have some flaws that make e- uh, either one uh, of those choices uh, a difficult choice to make. Um, it, it seems increasingly unlikely that we will uh, get someone in uh, in this uh, in this uh, transfer window. So this is probably what we are looking at uh, for the rest of the season, uh, uh, at least and uh, uh, and un- uh, until. Um, until Virgil gets back, and and you know um, uh, maybe I'm kidding myself, but I, I'm hopeful that he will be back somewhere in March and probably at the end of March, and, and that is a very optimistic uh, prediction. Um, but yeah, it's it, it, this is what other teams do. They look at what your weak spots are, what your flaws are, and um, this is uh, hopefully a, a temporary flaw. Or weak spot that we have, but uh, it, it is one that we have, and 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 um, the rest of the team could rely on the fact that that our defense could could deal with with long balls, could deal with speed, could deal with agility because we had the best defender in the world, and and uh, and uh, his partner was not bad either, and now we don't have both of them, and and it makes a difference. It makes a difference for Trent. You know, you, we just talked about Trent. Uh, it makes a difference for uh, the midfield, it, uh, and this is all these knock-on effects that we have talking uh, that we have we have been talking about um, previously. Um, so yeah, this is an issue we have to deal with, and and if we can't deal with it in the transfer window, then we will have to deal with it um, in other ways. And 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 Tiago being back is 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 would be a massive plus because. Um, uh, it, it, we couldn't show it uh, against Southampton in, in the first half, 
Um, and this is probably because we are still getting used to, to playing with Thiago, but, um, you know, he is very good at recycling the ball. And if you have the ball, you don't need to defend. And, and this is probably the way forward if we don't get another center back in. Yeah, it's, there's a really good point to touch on there, Burrell, with a want to come to, Chief. Um, we've got, and, and Burrell mentioned Thiago there, we've got a number of returnees, let's say. Um, you know, Thiago's obviously starting to find his way up to match fitness. Um, Matip, if all reports are to be believed, should be back for the United game. How long he lasts is anyone's guess. I doubt anyone would guess longer than four weeks, but that's where we are with him. Um, Simicus is showing signs of getting back into full training again, which should give Robertson the rest he needs, because I think Andy's absolutely correct. He's probably been our best player this season. We saw Shaqiri, we've seen Ox um, in cameo roles, um, and Jota's three weeks away or so, which is excellent. We've also seen, and I know it's only probably twice in like five games or something, but we've also seen Taki Minamino more than we've seen him in the last six months, which we can only be happy with, I guess. Um, but the question remains, and this is bizarre that we're halfway through a season and we're still absolute. In fact, we're probably farther away from answering this question than we were at the start of the season is what way does this team actually play now? Um, because we've had absolutely no time to integrate these guys into the system. But, you know, where are we with with this style? How do we integrate Thiago? What, where does Klopp view him as playing? Um, are we even going to be able to use him where we ideally would have originally wanted to use him, given the Fabinho playing centre-half situation? Uh, I don't think you really need to worry about it too much. Um, no, but I'm just interested. Yeah, I mean, when it, when it comes down to it, I just think that uh, thank God that we signed Thiago, given the the situation that we we find ourselves in, the lack of centre halves and, and having to um, having to sort of move things around and 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 play Fabinho in there and, and all the rest of it. But I think he'll he uh, he'll work that out. And the other players around him will work that out very quickly. Yes, I think we probably will end up being able to play him where where we wanted. He'll probably play at six or eight. Um, and there might be games where he'll even play, could even play a little little further forward. But he'll be in that midfield three, and he can do every job in that midfield. So I don't think it's uh, too much of an issue. Um, I think just you know we're going to be moving on and talking about the next sort of eight to ten games, and I think. With that in mind, as I mentioned earlier, it's it's a godsend, if you will, for want of a better phrase, to to have him coming back to full fitness and match fitness now. And actually, we've not seen him yet, really. 45 minutes here, 45 minutes there. But if you can now start to pick him two games out of three, or even he's giving you 60 minutes or 65 minutes, three games out of three, then, you know, it's... It opens things up a whole lot. It takes, as Beryl mentioned there, it takes a lot of the pressure off Trent and relieves the pressure in general off the fullbacks to be the only creative force, which is, to be fair, they have been. I mean, not only not only um, have they been the main 
attack and focus in years gone by. But this this season, with us having to drop Fabinho back to centre back, you haven't even had those those lovely little chips that he can provide, and those and with Van Dijk out, you haven't had those amazing raking sort of diagonals that he's able to you know change the play with and change defensive attack. So it's really been absolutely piled at their doorstep. Um, so it's not a not a bit of wonder that things are starting to creak a little bit there. Um, but I think this team is, you know, it's 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 managed to it's it's struggled on and managed to get where it is now. And you could sort of say they're at the top of the mountain, really. Um, and looking down the other side, they've got the home, you know, the home straight in front of them. They've got players coming back. Um, they're probably in a better position than they thought they would be, given given everything that's happened. And um, I mean. The, it's a case of the same for everyone this season in, 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 in terms of a lack of training time, the number of games, the ongoing COVID situation, players dropping like flies, not really knowing from, from one day to the next who you're going to be, who's going to be available for selection. Um, it, you know, it, it, it's a case of running repairs and doing any kind of, tactical tweakage um whilst you're whilst you're working um because you don't you, you just don't have the time to prepare particularly the, the european sides and given what we've had to deal with we've done admirably but i think um moving forwards um once this once we have got tiago properly integrated which i don't think is going to take long like i mean it's, you've already seen how he's dominated the games that the, the halves should i say that he has played in and I think he will start against United on Saturday and or on Sunday. And I think with with a view to having him featuring more often than not. Um, so yeah, I mean, Jota's obviously coming back in a couple of weeks. That's amazing because you know he was the other one that was bought to to counteract any possibility of of Liverpool being quote unquote found out or any chance of anything going stale with the front three. So obviously. We were motoring along really well. Uh, he was scoring winners and you know linking up beautifully with with the rest of them and you know was a was a completely new string to the bow and um, as I, as I said we were ticking along very nicely. But that was something else that was that was sort of dumped dumped on top of us as well. Um, so as those players come back, it opens up more chances, more creativity. Shakiri was mentioned earlier as well. He now seems like a real option and we know that he's got the tools. Um, not only from dead ball situations, but from live play to, to really unlock defences and, and completely slice through them, uh, if we're being honest. So I actually, I actually think we're in a good position. And I, I do understand that we've, um, we've had a couple of games where things haven't been perfect. But if you can sort of draw a line under them almost and say we go from here, it's a good position to be in. And... Um, I think Klopp will be confident that we can we can go on and, and get the points we need to to perhaps open up a bit of a gap over the next ten games. Yeah, um, you know that essentially is that's the goal, you know, and, and we hope that we get there. Andy, it's it's an interesting one. We've talked about how like pedestrian that this Liverpool side has been. Um, we've talked about the potentially lack of cotton edge and the predictability, but if we look at the injuries that we've had, um, Salah and I, they're still putting the ball in the net, you know, but again, 
they're getting far fewer chances than they used to. What we're starting to see now are players that literally are match winners. And I always put this down to if a team has two or three match winners in them, and you can apply this logic to United, if a team has two, three, four match winners in them, they will stand a chance against most sides. And what we have coming back is we've got Thiago, we've got Shakiri, we've got Ox, and hopefully in the next couple of weeks we've got Jota. But the question remains is that how do you how do you balance that with the workman like uh, the workman like availability that we have at the moment with the Hendersons and the Win Aldams and, and the Milners and boys like that because we can't just stick them all on the side and expect it to work both ways. Um, we need to find a balance here, and I'm really, really curious to see how Klopp is going to manage that. Yeah, well, just to sort of start on the the workmanlike midfield that we've seen in the past couple of weeks. Obviously, Henderson is one of these players where I think he's been fantastic this season. I think last couple of games we've seen a, a little bit of a drop off from him. Um, and Wijnaldum has sort of, I think, really frustrated us all in the last couple of weeks. And when I sort of look at Gini Wijnaldum's Liverpool career, I think when he's been criticised the most and, and when we've been most frustrated by him has been when he's been kind of asked to to do something a bit different to what he's best at. And for me, when Aldum's best at sort of retaining the ball, I think he's first name in the team sheet in these big games. I'd absolutely start when Aldum at the weekend, even if everyone you just mentioned there, Dave, was back, and I know some of them will be, I'd still start when Aldum because I think in big games he offers you that um, that physicality, that ability to retain the ball, the ability to sort of transition between uh, defence and midfield, whether he's in the six, whether he's in the eight, or wherever he's playing. I think he's got that amazing ability, but when you ask Wijnaldum to, to kind of be the man to be the Nabi Keita, be the man to break the lines, be the man to pick that pass, it's, it's just not his game. And I understand that he's uh, scored a lot of goals for Holland and plays a slightly more attacking role for Holland, and a lot of that's to do with the kind of late runs into the box that he makes, and we saw that throughout the years, for example, at Pep Guardiola's Bayern Munich side, which we were talking about in the pre-pod, you know, the, the wingers got the ball, they took the man on, and all of a sudden there were five men in the box, or with the strikers and there were midfielders coming in, whereas for us, it's kind of like Trent gets the ball on the right, and usually Henderson's there supporting him, and then you've got the likes of a Jones or a, a Keita coming into the box, and Wijnaldum kind of has to be that midfielder that just sits there and sits back, and he doesn't really get the chance to make those late runs into the box, which he times so well and scores so many goals at international level. But yeah, he's he's one of those where um, you ha- you can't ask him to to do all these the things we've been asking him to do because he is going to frustrate you, and it's it's not his fault. He's just not that type of player. And you look at those players there that you've mentioned; all of them offer something slightly different. You've got Jota, who's your goal scorer. He's got that goal scoring instinct. He's got that pace married with technical ability, uh, which is just, which is basically what Salah and Mane have. And those players are so rare. Um, and that's why we ultimately had to shell out quite a bit of money for him and why he's done so well for us so far. Shakiri quite simply, provides that moment of magic. He doesn't have the pace. He does, he's not going to take a player on. He's not going to... I don't know, but he's always going to produce that 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 ball that we've seen. He's won us a couple of games this season. You look back to West Ham, he plays that that through ball to Jota, uh, which is just inch perfect. And Mitchie Land, I know that was a bit of a, well, it wasn't a dead rubber at the time, but we were expected to win it. But for a while, we weren't looking fantastic until he came on. And similar to uh, to Aston Villa at the weekend there. Um, Chamberlain offer, also offers something like that. Um, 
but it's it's he's a completely different type of player. But he's has the same kind of role in a side. You want them to be that third midfielder that can really drive at the opposition. And um, you know, some defenses are set up where a Shakiri or a Keita is the player you need there. Whereas there are some defenses where you need that guy to to run through and expose that space, and that's what Chamberlain does. And I wouldn't be shocked if Chamberlain still has a role to play in some capacity this season. And Keita, we've we've obviously mentioned before. And um, one thing I'd like to say on Keita and his injury record this season has been wild. It has been so much worse than what it's been in previous years, and it was already pretty bad in previous years, I have to say. But when you look at the games Keita's played, um, since that since the seven two. Uh, he's only featured in two games in the Premier League, uh, and they were the 3-0 win against Leicester, where he played 52 minutes, and the 7-0 win against Crystal Palace, where he played 90 minutes. Um, and he starts those first those first three games in the league this season, the impressive wins against Leeds United, against Chelsea, against Arsenal, where you know, you're probably talking about four or five of our best performances this season. Um, and they've come when Naby Kate has been in the side, and I don't think there's any, um, I don't think there's any coincidence to that. It's just the problem is we can't rely on him. We can't go into a season with the plan that okay, Naby Kate is going to be in these games, and we're going to look at this brilliant side, and we're going to break the lines, we're going to be opening up openings left, right, and center because we, you know, and we've had this debate a million times in the podcast, and I'll get back into it, but he's probably not fit enough regularly enough to to. Um, to, to command the wage he does and to, to command the status that he does in the team when he's playing. Um, but if we can get him fit, and it's all about managing these minutes because, you know, you look at it now and um, looking at the, the next 10 fixtures that you've, you've mentioned there, Dave, at the start of the podcast, I wrote them down today and it's every midweek now for, what's that, five weeks I think it is. Um, and I looked at the FA Cup fourth and fifth round and I thought, wouldn't now just be the perfect time for a, a nice draw, the type of draw that we see City get all the time. And and that's so important because we, we're going to have to rest these players at some point and the likes of Matip and what on earth do we do with him? We're going to have to either rest him in a Premier League game or rest him for United away in the Cup um, or maybe games in between because between the two cup games, if we uh, if we if we beat Manchester United, uh, we've got Tottenham away, West Ham away, Brighton home, and City at home, uh, which are all massive games. You, Matip's not going to be able to play all four of those, really. Um, you know, so you're looking at do you rest them away to West Ham? Well, you could drop points if you do that. Um, but we've been dropping points all season anyway, and you'd rather keep Matip fit for the long term, I think. So there's so many questions that Klopp and the, I'm sure the sports scientists have a, have a, have a massive say in it as well. So many questions that they'll have to answer, so much planning that they'll have to do uh, over these next 10 games. And it's, it's, yeah, it's make or bust really uh, at this point of the season. I think it was Chief said at the start, um, these next 10 games will define our season. There's no doubt about that. You look at City's next seven, they're all nice games. Uh, Brighton home, Palace home, Villa home, uh, Cheltenham home, the FA Cup, obviously. West uh, West Brom away, Sheffield home and Burnley away. That's their seven or eight games before they play us. Now, Dave, me and you have talked a couple of times in this podcast about, about Kevin De Bruyne and being a flat-track bully. Uh, and I completely agree with you. Um, but flat-track bullies get you points. And if Kevin De Bruyne flat-track bullies his way through the next three or four weeks... We could well be going into that game uh, at Anfield against Man City at, with a bit of daylight in between us and Man City, given the fixtures we have and given our form. Um, so you know that's where these 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 players are going to come in. Your Tiagos, you'd expect him to have an influence on pretty much any game he's put into. Uh, somebody like Keita, if we can keep him fit, or Jota coming back at the end of the month. You're looking at that West Ham game, that Brighton game, those games where you always got the goal, got our noses in front, uh, or 
opened up that bit of breathing space between us and the opposition. If we can just keep those players fit, and my goodness, we're due a bit of luck in that regard, and you'd think other teams will uh, revert to the main as well with this mad season with their squads and their, their injury records. But yeah, so much for, for us to think about really, but those players coming back probably at the right time. It's just a case of whether uh, they relapse back into this, uh, or we relapse back into this injury crisis that we've seen pretty much the whole first half of the season. Yeah, Beryl, it's just, it's it's been difficult, but you know the 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 upside of this is that if you want these guys are coming on at halftime and they're fresh, you know you've had boys like De Bruyne, Bruno Fernandez, um, Kay and Son banging out game after game after game all season. We're just gonna wheel Thiago out like he's hardly kicked the ball. Um, he doesn't have those minutes in his legs. Um, and the same goes for Shakiri. The same goes for Chamberlain. Shot him when his back's had, although he's been injured, it's it's eight weeks that he hasn't had to run around like a madman chasing after fucking I don't know Luka Milivojevic at Selhurst Park. Even if he was having a lovely time, it still takes its toll. But the question remains that what do we do with them all? Um, and obviously there will be rotation because that's what we do. And we normally see it over the Christmas period. Normally the rotation kind of period has, has ended now. And I always find with this Liverpool side that we're best when we've got lots of games close together and the team is consistent with maybe one, two, maximum three ins or outs at any given time. But Given the players that we expect to have available and given the issues that we've had breaking down defences um, and making enough chances to win a game of football, you know, if everyone's available and we're going into United, what, what is the team? What's the team that for the big, big games we want to see? Oh, yeah, that's, uh, that, you know, uh, um, assuming that Matip is fit and and yeah. that is a big if, um, you know, our, our best team would probably be a 4-3-3. And, and I agree with, with Andy. I agree with a lot with Andy, what Andy said just now. But I would play with Henderson, uh, Thiago and, uh, um, uh, and Wijnaldum in midfield. And, you know, the... I don't think we have any other choice than to place, uh, and 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 this is a very good choice to place Salah, Firmino, and 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 uh, Mane uh, up top, and um and 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 of course Trent should be back in the team, um and 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 Robo should be back in the team. Uh, hopefully Fabinho doesn't break down because you know he has been, you know, I, I think it's a good shout to say that Robertson has been our best player. Um, because he has played most uh, most games, also you know he hasn't been injured, uh, and 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 not for lack of, uh, for lack of trying of, of teams, you know, to to break him down. But um, I think a, a good second would be Fabinho. You know, he has been out for, with an injury, but when he was there and and in a position that you know is is not his his natural position he has been magnificent i think you know he he has made mistakes but uh, defenders also make mistakes and and again he hasn't 
uh, he, he never played uh, in central defence before this, uh, before, you know, joining Liverpool. He has been a, a very good player, so I hope he doesn't break down. Uh, and if Matip plays, then I think we have a very good team. Uh, and, you know, um, considering all, all the injuries, uh, and this is it. Uh, I, I don't think, uh, we don't have Jota. Jota would, would have been uh, someone to consider. Um, and this is it. This is what we have to to uh, win with. Uh, uh, then again, I think Shakiri played a, a, a big role in, in the game that got uh, Mourinho sacked. Um, so y- you never know who, who plays uh, what role in, in, in such games. But um, uh, as I said, in you know uh, the, the previous time I was I was speaking. It becomes increasingly unlikely that we get a get in a, a, another centre back, and this is what we have to deal with uh, the, ne- the the rest of the season. But uh, what what we also need to deal with is is uh, and I think this has been a problem uh, w- with um, being uh, being the chased team. You know, we were always the chasing team. We were the team that was second and wanted to be first, and we were. Striving to be first, and we had this—you know—we were the hunters, and uh, and and from the, um, just before the uh, the lockdown, before the pandemic, uh, uh, you know, we realized that the pandemic was a pandemic. We lost to Watford, and I think if you you know look at it uh, from that moment on, our form has been not as good as it was uh, the one and a half years that it was before that. And I think it has partly also to do with the fact that we, you know, our role has changed. We are now the top team that uh, the other teams are, are chasing, are hunting, uh, and um, and we have had to deal with uh, other things, just you know, like uh, injuries to 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 key players. All of these things have. Um, have combined, have, have have piled up on us, and and you know, we are due some luck. Uh, but uh, I think the fact that um, Man United has caught up on us, uh, that Man City, which is I think more of a contender than uh, than Man United uh, will be in 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 their current set- setup, could could also ignite uh, the flame, uh, could also bring about uh, the mentality that we had. Uh, which you know made us um, uh, gather um, points in the high 90s, you know, uh, close to 100 points in two seasons in a row. Um, uh, and, and and you know maybe this is what this team needs, and 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 it has to do it without Virgil, without uh, Joe Gomez, but um, with lots of players coming back, um, you know, uh, there's no need to be. Um, uh, to be uh, defeatist uh, about the, the season, we, we but you know we have to start winning games. We have to start playing better. I think uh, there has been uh, we have lost some of the hunger that we had uh, that you know propelled us to to some magnificent seasons, um, uh, and maybe we this will propel us back to uh, this. I, I might. I think this might be the spark, um, the motivation to 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 be our best again. Um, you know, starting with the derby, I'd, I'd say the the north northwestern derby.
Yeah, it's see, we'll, we'll we'll move to United. It's it's massive. They're on the crest of a wave right now. They seem to do this. They seem to go 15 games looking absolutely amazing, and then go 10 looking like they couldn't fucking win toffee at a county fair. And at the minute. Let's all be realistic and let's all be fair. They look good. And when they don't look good, they're still winning. So there has to be a bit of credit given to that. Um, we all know where, where our issues lie. We've discussed them at length. But the other side of the coin, Chief, is that when the big games have come around, when Leicester have come to Anfield, when Wolves have come to Anfield, when Arsenal have come to Anfield, when we've gone away to Chelsea, even City to a degree, um, and certainly Leicester, this team looks just a completely different animal. No matter how patchy the form is in between, and no matter how you know difficult we seem to make things for ourselves, this team just takes it up like four or five gears. Um, and it's good that that's going to have to happen on Saturday because. You know, we don't want to give them any encouragement. We don't want to give City any encouragement. And realistically, at this point now, the way the league table lies, we need the points. No, absolutely. Absolutely, we need the points. Um, and But you're, absolutely, you're, you're spot on with what you say, though. Whenever there has been a, a serious question asked, whenever there's a proper team to play, Liverpool show up. Um, interesting to hear what uh, what Andy said about the Naby Keita starts in the performances. I hadn't actually correlated that myself. So, um, yeah, bit of a bummer he's not around <laughs> this week. But um, but if, provi- as, as Beryl said, provided uh, Matip's fit, we've got an incredibly strong team to go in and play that game. Um you know, your only big, your only issue is you've got Fabinho at centre back instead of in centre mid, really. But you've got, obviously you've got the front three. You've got a Thiago, Henderson, Gini, Wijnaldum midfield um, with the option, you know, decent options on the bench: Shakiri, Oxlade Chamberlain, um, and of course you've got uh, the the back five, but on uh, Fabinho in there instead of instead of Verge. So I mean that's that's a very strong team. It's a team that on paper I would absolutely fancy to, to get a result against United. Um, as you say, we we do step up, and I think we will. Uh, and it, as you you rightly point out, we do have to because it's um, you know it's shed or bust time essentially. Uh, it's not a must-win game by any stretch. We're we're not even quite halfway through the season, but you know it's a it's a marker. It's a chance to lay a marker down, shall we say, as you alluded to there. Um, we've, uh, um, to use your words, we've already given them encouragement because they're, um, you know, they're neck and neck. Um, if they win their game in hand, I think they'll they'll go they'll go top Man United and and City are you know quietly creeping up there on the reels after a, a poor start. But as you said earlier, the, the you know pre pod they, they seem to. Have, Hit upon a formula for for not conceding goals, which is always a good way to win games. Um, so, short answer, yeah, they do need to step it up, and they will. I, I'm confident that they will. If 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 we don't this weekend, if there isn't a reaction against United, if we don't see the a Liverpool that we you know the kind of Liverpool we saw in the first 
first 15 minutes of Goodison Park or that we saw against Chelsea or that we saw against Leicester or, or last season or, or, or even earlier this or against Palace or, you know, any, any time they've been asked a serious question, then, then we really are going to have to ask questions ourselves. Um, you know, there's been a lot sort of, of chat about why Liverpool's results haven't been so great post lockdown. And is it, is it fans? Is it the fact that the title was won and, and last year, you know, there was no need to win games and this year the hunger isn't there. Is it a way form? Is it lack of motivation? Well, the one thing you can't level really at Liverpool is, is poor performances in the big games when it counts, you know, as, as you said, they've always stepped up and um, if they don't, this weekend, then, you know, then there'll be real questions. Having said that, I fully expect them to, you know, fully expect us to beat United at Anfield as we did last season. And I think it's very much a chance for Liverpool to, to perhaps, um, slap away the pretenders, um, or make them look more like pretenders than contenders, shall we say. So it remains to be seen because as you said, grudgingly, you have to pay them some respect. I don't know how they are, where they are. To be quite honest, having watched their games and the performances they put in, um, I know that without wanting to sound like sour grapes, certain differentials are very much in their favour. Um, but having said that, they are where they are, and you know the time is now to to take them down a peg or two. Yeah, it's it will. I think Andy, this is. Probably the second watershed moment of the season. These come along every now and again, and we've always reacted before. After Villa seven two, um, questions were really asked, um, and I think it was Everton after that. Am I right? And although we don't win the game, we look absolutely fantastic, um, and we're essentially robbed. But we are gonna have to see something akin to the best version of ourselves because as I've said before Manchester United we all know where their flaws lie um Harry Maguire I saw him like fall over like a drunken uncle at a funeral the other day when he was trying to you know not even stop a shot just run towards someone you know they have problems wan is not the fullback that everybody wanted him to be they have an issue at left back um and I'm not quite sure that that Solskjaer knows is is best eleven. Um, but the fact of the matter is they they have match winners in that in that team. They can they can win a game from two or three moments. A bit they're a little bit thirteen fourteen us. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, on the point of United sort of kind of being up there, and you know we have to. Uh, we have to sort of consider going into that game three points behind, assuming they, they get at least a point against Burnley. They will be ahead of us for the same amount of games played. And it's quite a worrying state of affairs. And I'm not really sure, as Chief says, A, how they've got themselves into this position, or B, how we've really got ourselves into this position, um, given how good we looked sort of early on, even despite uh, getting unlucky with a couple of results. Yeah, Chief talks about differentials. I mean... Um, 
yeah, we should let Villa play another one of their kids there and get used to playing 12 versus 11 because the way this season has been going, that's exactly what we'll have to be doing uh, against Manchester United. They are get, certainly getting the rub of the green uh, with VAR decisions, um, to put it a bit more crudely. It's, uh, yeah, it's one of those. We, we seem to get the kind of the rub of the green last year at the start and it kind of evened itself out. Let's hope it sort of starts doing the same, um, this year for Manchester United, but, We've no real excuse, do we? And uh, we've got players back now. We've had um, f- a far better chance to condition our players to have them in the in the perfect um, physical condition uh, for this next game because we've had that game against Aston Villa and we've be- pretty much been able to. Well, from we most of us knew we were going to get that win. It takes a bit longer than most of us expected against Aston Villa, but. I'm sure uh, the number one thing in Klopp's mind after getting the win was um, who needs the minutes, who could do with 20 here, who could do with a half, who could do with 90 minutes. Um, just looking at his team for United, like let's make sure we've got them all in perfect condition. We don't want to give them too much time off because A, we want them to be sharp and B, we know what Liverpool can be like sometimes when, they, when they've had two weeks off and they've been to Dubai or Marbella or wherever. Um, it can become a bit complicated as we've seen over the last couple of years, but yeah, for me, uh, especially seeing the fact that they've played a couple of games in between, um, in between our last game, which was Villa and, and the, the game at Anfield on Sunday, they'll have played Watford, which was more or less a second string side for them. Um, but they've got, you know, they just about got over the line there, but they'll have to go pretty strong at Burnley tomorrow night or well, tomorrow night as we're recording this. I'm not sure when you guys are putting it out. Uh, some people might know the result of that one, obviously, but that's going to be a bit of a slog for them. And you never really want to go to Burnley. I know Burnley aren't quite the Burnley they have been in previous years, but it's still Burnley away. It's a, the, the quintessential cold, wet, windy, uh, Tuesday night up in the, uh, it was Burnley somewhere in the north anyway. I was going to say northwest, but I don't know. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, as I say, as I kind of said at the, at the start of the podcast, the blueprint's been set for Manchester United. We kind of know how they're going to set up. They've set up this way, uh, under Solskjaer, especially at Old Trafford, really. Um, when they've frustrated us and, and, and done a fairly good job on the whole um, of frustrating our front three and closing those spaces. And, uh, you know, McTominay's a big player in that kind of game for them. He can just cut off those uh, those passing lanes. He's very good at just getting in the way and being awkward uh, without being spectacular. And they're, they're, they've got loads of players like that. And, yeah, you do mention the frailties at the back, but when they're kind of all tight together and the, we know Wambasaka pretty much hold Lind- holds Lindelof's hand. He's that, he's that tight end of the center half. He's that defensive fullback. And yeah, we can laugh at that. And we can laugh at his attempts to cross the ball and his attempts to influence the attacking style of the game compared to what we have in Trent Alexander Arnold. But at the end of the day, it's going to be quite hard to break that down uh, on Sunday. And with players like Fernandez, like the match winners that you've mentioned, uh, your Rashford, your Martials, your uh, whoever it may be, um, Cavani. If I'm not sure, if, oh, he's banned, of course, isn't he? Um, but those players, you know, can catch us on the break, and we've seen. It's not just a blueprint of parking the bus and and uh, hoping you can get something. It's it's knowing that um, you know there is that issue at centre half. Fingers crossed, Matip's going to be back. I think Klopp pretty much insinuated that it was. 50-50 last time I heard so I'm not sure I'm that confident in that one uh, but you'd think maybe uh, if there's any chance he'll put him in and uh, and let maybe Williams or Phillips take that Burnley game at home in midweek and maybe that's more of a game for Phillips given the physical nature uh, of how Burnley are going to play but yeah it's 
I, I agree with the the teams you guys have suggested. Really, um, I think it has to be the the back the back five. Assuming Matip's fit, if Matip's not fit, I go Reese Williams over Phillips, um, just because I think it's one of those games where um you maybe need that extra quality on the ball. It's going to be slightly more of a technical game rather than, as I say, what Burnley's going to be like on the Thursday following. Um, I think I said maybe at the start of the podcast that I'd to be tempted to start Shakiri. That was without me having considered any of the other 11. Um, when you look at that midfield, uh, you're not going to drop Wijnaldum for this one because it's a perfect game for him. Uh, and Henderson, of course, we, we know what he's like. We know what the team's like when he's not there. And Thiago, I think, is at the point now where we can maybe throw him in uh, for 70, 80 minutes, whatever it is. Um, and, and we can ask him to have that influence of the game and see if that changes anything. And if it's still looking a bit stale, if it's still looking a bit uh, porridgey, for lack of a better word, then you can look to your bench. And of course, you've got, you've got 10 subs now, haven't you? Uh, 10 substitutes in the bench. So you can look at Minamino, Origi, Shakiri, uh, Keita, if he's back, Oxley, Chamberlain. Uh, we've a lot more options than what we did have. And hopefully we can add Jota to that later on in the season. But, just to sort of finish up the point, I don't, I'm not actually really worried about them potentially going six points ahead of us because I still back us to, to catch us, to catch them. I still back us to revert to the main and, and kind of, um, and, and, um, draw them back in as the season goes on. My worry is then that opens up more of a gap for Manchester City and they're the team I'm really worried about. And um, as I say, they're the team that can put a bit of daylight between us and them before that game in, in, in approximately a month's time. And that's my main worry, not really Manchester United, although we do probably have to consider them at this point, um, provisionally at least, a title rival. Yeah, yeah, I think you have to consider them as a title rival. Um, they're potentially going to go top of the league, and as, as you're listening to this, they may already be top of the league. They're all, I think, the, the centre-back issue is a funny one, man, it being 50-50, Let's hope he plays, but just for argument's sake, um, because let's be honest, if there is a situation further down the line where Maddox's not going to be fit, I wonder if that will happen or not. Hmm. And we don't sign a centre half. There's going to be games where potentially Jordan Henderson has to drop in there. Do you think this is one of those games? And if so, what do you see as the midfield three? Uh, I think... Um, he should absolutely not play at centre back uh, uh, for this game, and and maybe not for any game because uh, I, I don't think the Southampton experiment was uh, was very um, satisfying. Let's put it that way, uh, you know. And and this experiment was uh, flawed from you know the second minute. Um, but still, I I don't I don't think it it. It does him any favors. I don't think it does us any favors. I would, I would just play. I, I think I would play Ned Phillips, and and this is maybe harsh on Reese Williams because I think Reese Williams is the better footballer, but I think he has some some physical growing up to do, and um, uh, he, he he is pretty good at at uh, at, at winning headers, but uh, but I, I thought he he lacked some agility in the sense that. Uh, when players sprint away from him, and I think uh, you know players like Rashford uh, and uh, Martial uh, uh, can do that to him, then he he wouldn't stand a chance. Uh, I don't necessarily think that Nat Phillips would stand more of a chance, but uh, he has a you know he's a fully grown man. He's 24 years old, I think, um, and you know 
fully grown. Uh, I, I think he can he can he can stand the challenge. He's a strong uh, lad, and uh, uh, you know, and uh, incident he, he could he could he could foul a player if he if really necessary. I don't think he, he would shy away from that. Um, uh, he isn't as good as a, a, a footballer as as Reece Williams is, but uh, you know, if you have Thiago in your team, then you just play the ball to Thiago. I don't think uh, if you, if you look at the teams that um, that Thiago played in with uh, at Bayern Munich. Okay, I, I wouldn't want to say that Boateng or um, what's this incredibly big uh, German guy, other German oh, guy, Sule, that, uh, that they are. You know, magnificent ball players. It's, uh, it's, it's. They are, um, you know, they are better footballers than than Nat Phillips. You know, I would say nominally at at least. Um, but you know, if if you can just give the ball to Thiago and and he can receive the ball, and even if 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 someone is pressing him, he's he's very press resistant. Um, then, then you don't need to be a ball-playing defender to to coin, you know, not coin to, to use that phrase, to you know, use that name for for um, the type of defenders that we uh, that we uh, usually uh, use. So, um, and then you would only need to defend. And I think at, at pure defending, Ned Phillips is better than than Reece Williams is. I I wouldn't want to play with uh, with. Uh, with Henderson there, I, I, again, I, I think it would be doing him a disservice, uh, especially against a strong team, uh, which you know, uh, the the attackers of Manchester United are really good. That there's there's no two ways about that. They're not as good as as we are. Again, nominally, at this point in time, they are very good and maybe as good as as we are. Um, um, but um, you know, so so Henderson would need to defend, really defend, and I don't think uh, uh, you could ask that from him. Um, so I would just put uh, Henderson, uh, Thiago, and Van Alderman in, in 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 midfield, and I would put um, uh, either one of Ned Phillips or Reese Williams, uh, and uh, I, again, preferably Ned Phillips um, next to Fabinho in, in central defence. Yeah, it's a difficult call as to what we'll see. Let's just all say our prayers at night time and just ask for Joel Matip to be fit, safe. And you know, we've got we've got Burnley after that um on the Thursday, which we can certainly use Nat Phillips for. I've got no problem with that. He can go and duke it out with Ashley Barnes and, and Chris Wood and whoever else to throw up there. He can head away, Dwight McNeil crosses till the cows come home. So I'm all right with that. It's Man United away in the cup, typically, because in what world would Liverpool get Cheltenham in the FA Cup? Not this one. Uh, so look, we'll skip to we'll skip to Spurs away from home. Um, we know we're away form, Chief. It's I know we've tried to explain it away in the past, uh, and with with due reason, but. It's two wins in nine, and it's pretty brutal at the moment. Um, that's become a pattern. Um, it's not so easily explained away. So Spurs away from home, they are more than decent, let's be honest. Um, 
they get results. We saw what they did to Manchester City. And given the way that we're playing at the moment, if we were to have played them last week at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, whatever it's called, there was no chance in a month of Sundays that we were going to put the ball in the back of the net and we'd likely have lost the game. Yeah, I'm not convinced of that. Again, uh, I'm not convinced that it's our away form either. Um, We've had this discussion a few times. My firm contention is that it's a lack the poor performances are more to do with being against teams that we don't we haven't fully been up for we haven't fully respected we haven't thought that they're going to give us a match to 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 put it bluntly that the team has somehow thought is slightly beneath them and i know that may not sound great and whatever but that's what i'm putting it down to because i'm looking back here should that not chief should that should that um, mentality not have worn off by now. Should they not at some point during this nine game nine game run go right? It, it, lads, good, seriously, do you know what would have sorted it out and what would have nipped it in the bud straight away is fans. But it's a completely fucked up season, and there are no fans. There is nobody pushing them on. That little nobody giving that extra motivation there. Um, and let's be honest, footballers need it. Uh, that's why they have it. That's, they play for the fans and, and so on and so forth. So I'm not arguing that our away form has been good. It, it hasn't. The results are there on paper. But my argument is just that it's it's for a different reason. Because I'm looking at results here. I'm looking at um, 2-0 away at Chelsea. I'm looking at 5-0 away at Atalanta. I'm looking at uh, 7-0 away at Palace. Uh, I'm looking at 1-0 away at Ajax granted it was an OG that put us through but it, but it's still a win away from home in the Champions League um, and I'm looking at games where we've where we've where we've drawn or where we've not won and you know it's if you take out Southampton which I, I think are you know our, our team that we respected and that was just a damn poor performance from us and you know mitigating circumstances to midfielders at centre back and and so on, but that was just a really poor performance. But if you look at the other results, they're against they. Are, I mean, I'm sorry to bang on about it, but they're against Brighton, they're against Fulham, they're against West Brom, they're against Mitchelland. You know, they're against teams that they're against Newcastle. And um, you look at you look at games against bigger clubs better teams and, and we win them and we step up I and mean, we've mentioned already Leicester uh, we mentioned you know we mentioned um, Chelsea we've mentioned I've mentioned their Atalanta bigger games we step up and I, and I think we will I honestly do like I said if we if we don't this week against United uh, although it's at home if we don't see a, a performance you'll worry but I think we will if you don't see a performance away at Spurs Again, title rival, a top manager, top players, you know, certainly going to be in the shake-up. Um, going to have a million games in hand by the looks of it as well, which is a bit mad. Um, then we're, de- we, you know, we are going to we are going to have to play at the level that we expect Liverpool to play. The big, the big question here, as we go on, and it's been mentioned already, but you know, more in context with the specific game United. But as we go on, it's it's keeping, how, how, how are we using Matip 
and which games is he fit for and is he used for and which games does he have to sit out. And again, I'm a little bit with Beryl on this. As much as possible, I'd be looking to use Phillips in there because even though he's levels beneath Williams and levels beneath the players around him, he accepts that and he knows that. And therefore, he plays his game very much like that, like a like a much shitter version of G- Jamie Carragher, if you will, who always admitted and knew that he wasn't the best player and therefore played his game in constant panic and was therefore a better defender for it. And I think Phillips has a little bit of that in him, whereas Williams, for me, I don't know how he's going to progress, but that pace is an issue and the lack of anticipation and that might uh, that might develop. Over time, I don't know the pace probably won't, but the the anticipation might. Um, but he's not recently. He can't play Premier League games for us at the minute because the ball just go over the top time and again, and he'll just get done. Um, so I think he just has to be taken out. In Europe, you get away with it a little bit more, uh, depending on on the round you're in. Um, but Premier League, it's just it's just noticed, isn't it? And then straight away you've got teams doing it to you, and even Villa's reserve. Not even reserves. Their youth team, even their youth team, did it. So I don't think he's an option there. Um, but yeah, my my contention on the away form, yes, it's not good. Um, but I don't think it's an away form thing. I think it's a motivation, hunger, uh, lack of cutting edge being provided by by fans and so on. Uh, and I think that'll change against the bigger clubs. My worry in these in these fixtures is not really the. Not really the Derby or the United game or City or Spurs. My fears in these in in this run of fixtures is more the Brighton. It's more the Burnley. Uh, it's more those types of games where we've been slipping up, and it's it would be a bit like us this season to go and to go and win the big games in this run and get and slip up in in the little ones. Yeah, it's 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 starting to look that way, Andy. It's it's funny that that's a clutch of four games there. United at home, um, in the league. Burnley at home in the league, which is at home you'd expect us to win. United away in the cup, and then and then Spurs away. But then we come to these little these little games where it's West Ham away, and their form is decent. It's Brighton at home. I know they're not great, but they they're going to be desperate for points as well. Yeah, and they kind of did a number on us, and we're on. A Brighton fan might argue that we're unlucky not to be a couple of goals up in that match. Um, so and they might actually have a new manager by then as well. The way things are sort of going for them. Maybe so. Maybe so. I I would hope not because I think he's decent. I think he just. I do as well. I think he needs a proper forward, and he probably should have signed Brewster. And Brewster probably probably should have went there instead of. Yeah, that's 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 another situation. Um, but yeah, these games and the these games we talked about the lineup against against Manchester United, but these are you might expect to see, hope to see Jota back, and you might. Even see like a Thiago Shakiri midfield two with the with the four guys in front of him. Uh, Thiago Henderson, do you mean midfield two? No, I don't actually. I'm just being like really, really sure. adventurous, and I'm just going, we're, we're going to have a load of the ball, and we're going to put Henderson in the centre half because Mavitt's oh, okay, obviously right. obviously not going to be fit for some of these games, and I think we have to accept that. We have to accept that Henderson will play centre half if we don't sign somebody. Maybe yeah. 10 more matches this season. 
So that might be like a, a like a kitchen sink kind of solution. Kind of the way we saw earlier in the season when he just thought, fuck it, I'm just gonna play I'm gonna play the three lads up front, I'm gonna fuck Jota in there as well. And then I might even just put Shakiri off. Yeah, I think why that one worked, and I was very apprehensive about that one before Man City away, even though it worked really well, was because we had Henderson Wijnaldum kind of really doing the dirty work, and Henderson that day, um, it won't it won't be revered as much, but I think that's maybe performance of the season so far, individual performance of the season, uh, was Henderson's performance at Man City that day. Um, I mean, you talk, we've talked about in this podcast before about how football's a bit crap sometimes these days, and how everything's kind of getting to us, whether it's VAR, whether it's not being able to celebrate goals, <clears throat> not watching the game with your mates, not having fans in the ground. But <laughs> I tell you what, if we go four two four against uh, against anyone with Thiago Shakiri as a two, as a double pivot in midfield, that will very quickly revitalise me and my love for football, love for love for the, the Premier League. I mean, that would just be incredible. But um, yeah, uh, sorry, I've, I've and there's Andy, Andy, there's options in there too. You know, it could be it could be Thiago Wijnaldum, it could be Thiago, it could be Thiago and Kaida. Because Ronaldo can't play every game, although he continues to disprove that theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, hundred percent. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned like a, the block of four games. Um, I was kind of looking at it more. Uh, I kind of drew out a, a little thing today where I drew out sort of the next uh, ten or so games for every uh, for every team. I drew it out for not every team, obviously. I drew it out for Liverpool, City, United, and Spurs, and they're the four I see um, as our main challengers as potentially could pip us to the top of the league. Um, I, I'm not necessarily ruling anyone else out, but they're the four I'm most worried about right now. Um, the league's a bit mad this season. It's a bit like the championship where you can put a win of four games together and you can go from 15th to the playoffs. You know, it's it's the league's that compact and that tight. Um, and I, I guess it makes it more fun for the neutral. But I, I looked at it and I, I drew this up before the FA Cup draw today. Um, and I did. Anyone who plays fantasy football will know the fixture difficulty rating. Um, where it kind of, if you've got a nice fixture, if you've got say Brighton at home, it'll be a nice big uh, highlight of green. And if for a more difficult one like Spurs away, it'll be red. And maybe Villa at home this season, say somewhere in the middle, will be grey. And it's kind of like a color coded thing. And I kind of did this for um because I actually don't really agree with the color codes on fantasy football. Some of them. Um. And I've, I've actually, I just did it red and green. And there's some in there which kind of are a bit in between. But just for the sake of so I could uh, see the next fixtures for everyone and see who had a nice run of form. Um, and obviously the gap was in the FA Cup weeks. And I was sort of thinking before, I think I made this point uh, earlier in the podcast, so we'll be dead quick on it. Uh, I was thinking they're the games, they're the only opportunities really in the next six weeks where we can rotate and give players a rest. And, uh, I was just praying earlier today, and, and normally in cup draws, I'm sort of thinking because the cups have bored me in the f- last few years, and especially the FA Cup when you, you enter and there's 64 teams and the end's not really in sight. And I, I, I always just sort of thought, give us, give me, give me a big game to get me excited about. Whereas for this one, I was just thinking, please don't give us like a, a City, a Manchester United, and Everton a game where we have to play. Um, we have to play the bigger players and can't give them a rest because we don't get, want to get humped in any of these games. Uh, and Manchester United away, it's lo and behold, it's thrown that up. And, you know, I'm looking, I, I am just, I, I know I've said this a couple of times already, I am looking at these runs and I'm looking at Matip coming back and I'm thinking, okay, yeah, Burnley, potentially we can give Matip a rest there, but United away, 
I don't really want to go into that with, uh, I, you know, ideally, as much as I'm not that bothered about the FA Cup, I'm desperate to do the double over them uh, in these next couple of weeks. And I'd like Matip and Fabinho there. Obviously, I want them both for Tottenham away. Uh, and it's just kind of fallen at the wrong time, that game. Um, it's really awkward. Um, we don't actually have the if the, the next round of the FA Cup, a potential break in midweek uh, up until the, uh, I think it's the 9th of February that game is, which is a long time away. Uh, for players coming back, for players um, being re- yeah being reintegrated into the side, and especially you know with some of the prognoses we've had from from the the club doctor, which we don't really know what to believe. Uh, I don't think it's deliberately dishonest or anything. I think it's just we're dealing with uh, a, a mad set of players. But um, the, the one thing, I know, though, I'm just just sacking that off. To be honest, though, that that cup game, I reckon this. It's just, I mean, I think Klopp probably will as well. Like, but it's just a, it's just, it's just a headache. Too, too many. It's the worst possible draw possible imaginable. I totally agree. But it's just one. Yeah. I'm perfectly happy to to just say, keep it, lads. You can have that. Do you know what? Even if it I think, better, I think we I, look at this like, I, I don't necessarily think Klopp looks at cup games with regards to who the opposition is. I think he looks at cup games with regards to how long has it been since we last played a game and how long is it until we play our next game and what are those games? And that's why we saw a fairly strong side against Villa there, regardless of whether it was their under-23s or not. And I that think side thought, was picked before the game. That side, or that side was picked before we knew that Villa were going to have those yeah, players out. 100%. But regardless, I, I think that this game, being where it is, it's... It's a, a weekend between the Thursday Thursday. I think you'll see somewhere kind of half in. I think you'll see Minamino. I think you'll mm-hmm. see Shikiri. I think you'll see Chamberlain. I think you'll see boys that need games. I think you'll see Simicus. I don't think you'll see, you know, uh, I can't even remember any of their names. All those young fellas. You know, you might see Nico Williams. Curtis Jones, we haven't even mentioned. You know, we haven't mentioned him at all. And he'll play a part, a huge part in these next games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a difficult one, Andy. Um, those games are where we need to arrest this issue of succumbing to low land defences, and you'd hope that with players coming back, that should be achievable. Yeah, and we're we're victims of our own success uh, in a way, and with that, like ever since. Uh, Ever since I always say this, ever since Van Dyke came in in the January of 2018, ever since that summer onwards, teams have really just played in that way against us. And it's a credit to us because they know they're not really going to get much going forward. And it's only really leaving gaps for the that deadly front three to, to expose it. But we've been presented with a new set of problems. And I think it's... Uh, I think you look at those games against West Ham away and Brighton away, and those games wouldn't have really faced us earlier in the season. You know, when we had Jota, when we had Thiago, but I, I, I don't know if I mentioned this, Thiago hasn't kicked a ball at Anfield for us. And this will be his first uh, even time in the match day squad uh, at Anfield for us this season, which is just a bit mental because it's January. Um, and I know this, sorry, perfect man. sorry, man. Perfect game to be introduced, though. Anfield debut against United. Like, it's stage is set. Absolutely, and you've got that. You know, you've already got the hype around the fact that it is Manchester United and they're a title rival. But you've also got the hype around this unbelievable world-class midfielder coming in for that one and really making this mark. Their um, Sky's narrative. What is it? Their Sky's, their Sky TV's narrative now. 
Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Um, as if they didn't need one already. Um, We're talking but... about McTominay now, or Fred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so just, just looking at that one, then, see, for the Cup, like, as much as it may kind of derail us with injuries and stuff, I do want to win that. It's Manchester United. Um, I think, you know, obviously, um, I don't know about Burrell, but with the three of us being from Northern Ireland, I often think if you live in Liverpool, you hate Everton more because that's who you've kind of grown up with. That's who your mates supported. And that's who you were able to go into school and have the bragging rights over or vice versa. Whereas um, for us, it's in Northern Ireland, especially it's, it's your Liverpool are United. And especially for me growing up, I mean, you guys were lucky uh, to have seen a bit of glory in your childhoods. I saw, I was all I've ever been used to is Hodgson is second season dog leash is the likes of Rogers, you know? And I was used to just going into school and getting battered every weekend. The only kid who supported Liverpool uh, after United had won three nil or had beaten us with a John O'Shea or a Wes Brown goal in the last minute. And, you know, that I have a, just a real sort of personal hatred for them in that way. I think we all do. But yeah. I think the other side of that coin, Andy, is that we, we, we had to endure all of the Ferguson years, every one of them. True. But, right. you know, with that, I think the, the new kid in the block barrel, as I know, and this is the next game after after those two games that you would call bankers, but they're really not. Um, it's City at home. And we had a good chat about City before we started recording, but um, they're not as porous as they once were. I don't even think they're as porous as they were when we played them at the Etihad earlier on in the season. And, I I always talk about it. I love these games because they're every single game is different. Every single no game is like the game before. You've had the nil nil drab penalty miss games. You've had the the four threes. You've had the the weird amazing counter attacking and backs to the wall defender performance in the Champions League at the Etihad from us. You've had them absolutely smashing us five. You know. Remember, with, re- remember that. Um, uh, Firmino gave an assist to Lalana and was already um, celebrating the goal, uh, uh, only to see that Lalana missed it. Remember that one? Yeah, and then there was that weird one where I think Milner scored and Lalana scored a goal that I feel that like, really should never have gone into the net. But th- it, there's just this. This is going to be. I think this is the first game between Liverpool and Manchester City that we can absolutely say that this is not going to be your 90 minutes of absolute mental football. There's going to be a lot of composure, measure and discipline applied to this game, probably more so than we've ever seen before, given the way City seem to be playing at the moment. Um, yeah, it's it's. Um, uh, I have to say that you know I I, I would watch uh, Manchester City as as, uh, as as a sort of chore as a as, as homework um, every every match um, in, in previous seasons, but I, I didn't do this year. Uh, what I did see is that they have reintegrated uh, John Stones, and 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 as a consequence. Because they got Ruben Diaz in. Uh, as a consequence, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Laporte has has dropped out, and and this is a very interesting thing because I think Laporte uh, of those three is probably the best player. But 
maybe not the best defender. So yeah, they they uh, they proved more solid, more formidable um, in, in you know in, in the last few weeks, and they they they've, they've assembled quite quite a run. And and yeah, as I mentioned before, I, I don't I don't think uh, that Manchester United can, can you know they are where they are, um, and and I'm and I, I won't even say that they're they're on merit, but uh, uh, then again, uh, let, let's just leave it at that. You know, everyone um, and deserves their spot. Let's let, let's let's say that. Let's assume that. Um, but if if we uh, you know I, I would. Consider to be Manchester City our our, our our main title rivals, and and they seem more solid, more uh, more solid at the back, at least uh, in this season. Uh, and at the same time, they're not scoring as many goals as they uh, as they used to do. Um, and um, Pep has has obviously tweaked their system, they tweaked their 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 tactics uh, a, a bit. Because you know, uh, um, they they um, I, I don't I, I forgot how many points they were behind us, but it's 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 probably a moot point because you know we had won the league by January. So yeah, you, you, did you want to put something in there? No, not okay. Sorry, I, I thought someone uh, was was uh, making a point there, but. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, I think they are our, our most um, uh, our most dangerous rival, and, and 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 but I'm I'm not sure that Pep will do the same thing as he has done in, in the games uh, running up to to, uh, to that to that match because um, somehow we are in his head, and somehow he, he does seem to second guess himself and try different things when he plays us. Uh, so unless uh, they uh, are very confident when we uh, when we play them and 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 we aren't, um, I think the uh, he will try something different as well. So it's 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 probably very difficult to predict what he will do against us. Um, and you know we have been successful against them at Anfield, um, um, and and there won't be um, there won't be a crowd in. Uh, when we play them, probably. But then again, I think if we don't have uh, another injury crisis, if we, um, you know, if our, uh, if the tides turn, um, um, you know, referring to uh, to to all those uh, uh, injuries, then and, and Jota might be back at that point. I think I I, I wouldn't fear them more than I did fear them before. Um, uh, let's see where, where we're at, at the, when we play them. But um, yeah, I, I would be con- if 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 we are still uh, there and thereabouts, if, uh, as they say, when we play Manchester City. And I would predict that you know Manchester City and we would be uh, um, at that point in the season will be um, vying for the top spot. Then, uh, then I I would be confident that we, we we would be able to beat them if again if we don't have lots of injuries and so and so forth. Yeah, it is important that we keep everybody fit as we've we've obviously seen teeth throughout the season. But I think given that it's it's a lot of the reason why we are where we are. But not that notwithstanding, 
the simple fact of the matter is that there's a number of teams riding their coattails. Are you worried about City? Because I feel this is a different Manchester City than we have seen um, in the past two years. This is a City that are a little bit more measured, um, a little bit more ruthless and disciplined. So do you have a concern? Because I'm going to be honest with you, and I've said this a number of times, at the start of the season, I didn't think they'd finished second. But at this point in time, and I know it's changed, I know Spurs were title challengers for three weeks, if that, at one point. But do you have a concern based on their form and based on the very favourable run of fixes that they have coming up? I think, I think, yeah, I think you're, you probably hit on something with the the style change. I think it's maybe taken me a little longer than you to sort of get on board with it. I'm still not 100% convinced that it's going to hold, but I can certainly see that they've moved towards tightening up, basically shutting up shop. Um, they're scoring far fewer goals. They're creating far fewer chances. They're having far fewer attempts on goal. And that is okay, actually, because they've stopped conceding goals. Um, there was a transitional period, it seems, while they were trying to implement this new style, whereby they were not creating the chances and they were still leaking the odd goal and therefore they weren't winning games. But that seems to have stopped. Um, and now it's, it's more often than not a zero in the goals against column and a positive number in the goals for column. So they're quietly, they've put a run together here. And with the quality that they have, the manager that they have, the resources that they have, and their uh, pedigree in the last few seasons, you, you'd you'd be foolish, I suppose, at this stage not to not to be worried about them. Having said that, I still think there's there's the there is still the possibility of fragi- fragility remaining there. Um, it's not a long established system. It's not a long established partnership. John Stones has got a glass jaw. We know that. Um, the question is, will teams try and try and metaphorically smack it and and watch it shatter? Um, he has had a pretty shocking Man City career, all things considered. How much is that of that has been really that bad, and how much has been overegged by hyperbole and and high profile mistakes? Well, you, you know, you can argue the bones out of that, but it's not been successful. This is his most successful period in a City shirt, and I think he signed. Five seasons, four seasons ago, I think it was one of yeah, and it's been about yeah, it's been about eight, and it's been about eight games. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. So very small sample size, and it's been working well so far. But can teams crack that? Can can teams you know show that there's a chink in the armor? Um, because they're they're they aren't creating the chances. Um, so th- I don't think that's going to change. Um, what'll be interesting, as I said, is, is whether teams can trouble them at the other end. Um, they have got a remarkable run of fixtures. It was, it was mentioned earlier, but we'll just run through it quickly here. Before they play us, they've got Brighton at home tomorrow night. They've got Palace at home on Sunday, followed by Villa at home if they're able to play that. But I imagine by then they probably will. Then they've got Cheltenham away in the Cup. God, why don't they just give them a bye to the final every year, seriously? Um, and then West Brom, scourge of Liverpool, but uh, whipping boys to everybody else. Um, away, you know, So they've got a, a remarkable run of fixtures, which on paper they should win. 
every single one of them. Following, yeah, West there's Bromwich, a lot of home games in there as well. Yeah, and they've got they've got really the bottom. Apart from Villa, they've got the bottom six essentially because they've Brighton, the Palace, they've Sheffield United, they've Burnley, um, and they've West Brom. So they should they should pick up maximum points. Having said that. In years gone by, it's not against the big teams that they've struggled. They've dropped points in games like that to really unfancy teams. Palace have been a bit of a bogey team for them in, in years gone by. Andros Townsend whacking in ridiculous volleys from 30 yards and the like. So we will see. It, if you're a betting man, you're betting on City to win every game comfortably. You know, you, you may even bet on them not conceding a goal in that run. Um, so... Are they going to be challengers by the time we play them? Absolutely, because they're probably going to win back-to-back games here, like like fuck, to add to the run they're already on. Um, so yeah, we need to we need to we need to start now. We had a good we had a good beginning to the season. We started the season going quite nicely. Thank you very much. We then had the Villa Park incident, but there were a lot of crazy results that week, so you could sort of write that off. We then had Everton, which threatened to derail our season with the injuries we picked up in that game. Uh, but we managed to rally and, and, and go on and do really well. We've had a slight blip now, but that needs to be it. You know, we need to now go on as if, as, as I said earlier, that it's, it's, and you mentioned it's a watershed moment now, the United game, and we need to start playing like, like the team we know we are. And yeah, City are a challenge. Of course, I would worry about them. Because, you know, they've shown before they can sustain a challenge. They've got all the tools to do it. And a team that doesn't concede goals is 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 always going to pick up points, especially when they've got the quality they've got going forward. Um, are they the biggest rivals? Probably, because they've probably got the, the, big, the most strength in depth. Chelsea have fallen away. Um, United, I think, will fall away. And we've already discussed the... How, how none of us can really believe that they're there in the first place um, but I think with Europa League commitments and you know the, 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 the strain on, on perhaps their best players over the over the course of the season and perhaps maybe decisions beginning to go a bit more rationally uh, they may fall away but yet I'd say now at this point having agreed with you at the beginning, having thought City will, you know, will, could could struggle even even come second or third, I think now they they look the the danger the danger side, um in the in the long term over the season. Yeah, shock horror, Chief. We're wrong. Oh, yeah, again, we're right. And we're wrong. And we're wrong and we're right. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? I know. Um, Andy, I, 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 I agree with Chief. There's there's a real concern about City, but. You mentioned earlier on about the the craziness of this league, and it, I do agree with you. It it does have a championship whiff about it. With if you can put, like I think I, I might be wrong, but I heard this a couple of weeks ago. But West Ham were the only team that had won more than three games consecutively this season, which I think is absolutely crazy. Um, four twice. Oh, Everton have got Everton have got four twice, but that's not. We were winning like. We were winning 18 and 19 games in a row last season. It's absolutely mental, and we can't we can't win four. So, do you see do you see an outside bet? Maybe not necessarily for the title, but 
it's Leicester away from home next after City. It's it's a weekend after. And as much as everything's kind of been going wrong for us this season, um, they just seem to be in a really happy place right now. And they're playing really well. And they've got a good squad. And I know that there'll be divided opinions over Brendan Rodgers on this podcast and right across the Liverpool fan base. But he's got them playing good football, scoring goals. And they're not, they're not that ridiculously open team that we remember from, let's not forget, you know, seven, six, seven years ago now. I think when we look at this league table, I think what we can all be a little bit guilty of, myself included, is purely going off the last two or three weeks. So to give you an example, um, three, four weeks ago, Spurs were about seven points off us and everyone thought, okay, Spurs are out of it. It's between us and City and maybe Chelsea now. Um, you know, Spurs have fallen away. We, we, we have all these narratives and we weren't able to sustain it and, and Liverpool pretty much outplayed them, etc., etc. Now you're looking at Spurs, uh, a game in hand on us and four points behind with uh, still to play us um, at Tottenham as well. And I look at Chelsea and we're never really talking about them again because they're seven points behind us. But a couple of weeks ago, they were the main challenger. And, you know, what's to say Havertz, Werner, etc. don't click? I know uh, Werner got his first goal in, I think, 64 days um, at the weekend there. And don't get me wrong, I don't think Chelsea are going to be in the title race, but I just think we are, as I say, myself included, completely uh, influenced by what's happened in the last two or three weeks. And we think a couple of bad games means the team's out of it. Whereas, as we've just said, through four wins and Chelsea are right in the title race again and there's no reason why a team of that quality um because they've got amazing players they really do uh why a team of that quality can't can't do that and we talk about a mad season and you know I would I would actually throw Aston Villa into the top four mix as well uh, I know it's maybe based on the first half of the season but Jack Grealish really is I'd say top certainly top 10 players in the league, maybe top five. Uh, I love watching him play, and I think England would actually be pretty mental not to uh, build a side around him for the Euros this summer. That's if the Euros go ahead. Uh, I think he's that good. Um, And, you know, we are talking about these teams when we look at Leicester and Villa, and we think, we talk about Villa's deficiencies, you know, too reliant on Grealish. Uh, okay, their defense has done a little bit better this year, but is Ollie Watkins a striker that can get you in the top four, can go for a title race? Probably not. El Ghazi, Trezeguet, these aren't top, top players we're talking about really here. And uh, similar with Leicester, you know, we, we sort of think Jimmy Vardy will get the goals, but there's, there's something about them that's maybe a little bit wishy-washy, and that's maybe a bit of bias based on what we think about Rodgers. But um, what we're feeling to... Uh, what well, I think we're banking on when we're making those discussions and making those points is is that a team's going to pick up a bit of form? Is that a city's going to, as Chief says, win seven in a row perhaps without conceding goal? Are Liverpool going to find their form again? Uh, and we're always talking about this and we're talking recent weeks, for example, saying Manchester United aren't in the title race. Well, that's, that's assuming that City or Liverpool put a run together or a Spurs or somebody like that, which would leave them behind, which is where they should be based on the quality of their side and their manager. Um, and that's my only issue with the whole thing here. Um, you know, who, because if 
the second half of the season and we're, you know, we're starting to see more coronavirus cases. We're starting to see more players affected. I saw a study there in midweek and it is only a study. Um, but that three and four uh, people who have suffered from coronavirus are still uh, feeling, uh, are still suffering from at least one symptom uh, six months on. So there's long term effects on certain players and it's a bit more of a leveler. It's a bit more of a level playing field. Um, and listen, I think City will put a run together. I think we will get better as well. Um, but if not, you know, you could find some of those teams, certainly in the top four race, uh, maybe even pushing for the title um, with, I don't think any of them will win it. And I know it sounds like a ridiculous shout. Um, but with, with five, ten games to go, you just never know if the second half of the season sort of follows the, I say follows a trend of the first half of the season. It hasn't followed a trend. That's why it's so unique. Uh, but one last point I'd like to make is, you know, looking at the league table right now, United can go ahead of us. Leicester are a point behind us. Um, Everton, Aston Villa and Spurs, uh, if they win their games in hand, they're only a point behind us as well. Now, I know you'd rather have the, the points on the board rather than have the games in hand, but it is a very tight league. And we could find that if over the next 10 games we've discussed the difficulty of the fixtures with Man United twice, with Spurs, with Man City, with Leicester, um, if we keep sort of pissing about with this form, we could very easily find ourselves in a top four race, never mind a title race, and that's probably the reality of it. Yeah, I, I agree with you to a degree, but I almost think at this point in time, if you're in a top four race, you're in a title race. The way things are kind of panning out at the moment, I don't think there's going to be a lot of points between first and fourth, maybe even first and even sixth. Um, so it's got it's a weird it's a weird one. It's 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 unprecedented and there's absolutely no way of predicting what way things are going to turn out this season and we've seen well, some of the crazy results i sort of think now is is the time though and that's why it's probably why we're you know why we chose this this well, moment to, to do the, absolutely the, the overview show like if there's any an opportunity here chief there's a massive opportunity because this is a point where if you can go on a run not only are you picking up more points than everybody else but you're taking them off your rivals as well Absolutely, and this is the time to, to open up the gap with with top teams playing each other, including obviously us. I mean, we, we've referenced we've got United, we've got City, we've got Spurs uh, in this next run, um, and uh, they're they're huge games. They're the three the three top contenders. You would you would say with us, and if we are a contender, and Andy's very very correct. Like we've obviously been a contender so far this season because we've been top, but our form is indifferent at the moment, and unless we get back to putting the points on the board, we, we could find ourselves slipping down. And I think you're right as well. The, the league is very, very bunched at the moment, and whether it will remain so, I'm not quite convinced that it'll end up being like that. I think a couple of gaps will open up, um, but this sort of run of games, this next six to eight games, is, is the time where you might see those gaps begin to, to form. Yeah, and I think the one thing that you have mentioned is that, you know, it's it's the difficult games we find against the smaller sides, against the West Ham's and the Brighton's and the Burnley's of this run. But realistically, if, we, if we're going to drop points in three games, which, let's be honest, at this point in time, that would be the main. So you've almost got to expect that. I want those points to be dropped against Burnley and against West Ham and against Brighton because I want to take the three points off the other lads that we're playing. That's what I want to do. Beryl, just to move away from the league for just a second, the game after Leicester, and it's only three days later, it's away to Leipzig in the Champions League, and this is something else which we can't ignore because um, there's as much a chance for
for anybody this season. Um, and we've said that for the last the last few years. There's indifferent performances all around Europe. Um, you know, Leipzig, who had this impenetrable home record, got pretty much dismantled by Borussia Dortmund um, at the weekend, 3-1. But again, given on where your league form is, we know that the Klopp, this is just as important as a league game. This is massive. And, you know, you don't want to go out there and you don't want to, you don't want to get yourself in a position where you're really up against it in the second leg. You don't want to be Bruce Dortmund of a few years ago in the Europa League. You don't want to be Barcelona. You want to do the job and you want to come home and you want to know that it's within your grasp. And this isn't going to be easy. No, 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 no. It, 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 it's most definitely not going to be easy. And um, the problem is it's, it, it isn't going to be predictable as well. Um, as you said, you know, Leipzig at home losing, you know, fairly comfortably, you know, for, for Dortmund, comfortably uh, losing against uh, against a title rival is, uh, is, is not something we were, um, you know, accustomed to see the last few seasons. Um, then again, this is this is a very strange season, and uh, Leipzig managed to get into was it the the, the half, uh, half finals um, um, uh, against Paris Saint Germain, yeah, right? Semi-finals, yeah. Semi-finals, yeah. Sorry about the uh, the the uh, the Dutch in between there. Um, yeah, uh, and 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 they have lost uh, Werner, but. You know they managed to get to the semi-finals without Werner, um, and, and we have all seen Werner now for for uh, uh, half a season at Chelsea. So you, you know you know what they lost and what they didn't lose. But um, um, it, it seems that they've lost a, a bit of solidity, a bit of formidability, um, and, and and it isn't uh, it isn't. You know, uh, everybody did. Uh, we did. Uh, Bayern Munich did, uh, etc. So it's uh, they are not the team that they were, that they were uh, last season, but uh, neither are we. So we we will need to be at our best to 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 win against them. Uh, at the same time, um, um, you know, it's this it's the same team that lost, and I think. It was the fair reflection of the game, but they, they lost, uh, you know, at Old Trafford. What was it? Five one, some, something like that. It was, it was, it was. Yeah, they got uncharacteristically hammered, but then made absolute yeah. mugs of the United at home. Which again, it's kind of yeah. the issue. I like having the second leg at home. Yeah. but it's it's but you, you know it, but you this is something in a position where you could nearly be out of the tie sometimes. Well, yeah, that, that's not something we usually do. But you know, uh, losing seven two uh, to Aston Villa is, is neither something we usually do. Um, but you know, let, let's see that as a blip. Um, I, I, and and it, it generally, uh, usually, it, it is a, an advantage to play uh, the second leg at home. But at home means with uh, the support of of our Banfield, of your supporters. But you know, it's more than likely that we won't have that, uh, uh, not to full effect, uh, at least uh, at that point in time. So we will have to see if it's an advantage or a disadvantage, or, or uh, neither of those. 
I think we need to be at our best um, against Leipzig. The, the, there were some some people who were, um, you know, very confident after the tie, but after the draw. But uh, I, I I didn't think it was the best draw that we could have uh, that we could have drawn. But uh, yeah, it's uh, and then again, uh, I back us to be, um, you know, if if. Uh, in, in in our best form, and if we don't lose, uh, you know, half of our team uh, again uh, for, uh, with injuries, uh, we are the best team in Europe, I think. Um, so I, I would back us against anyone. But Leipzig is, uh, are no mugs. Um, uh, we need to be at our best, uh, and and it's it's very uh, hard to make a prediction about this because. We need to know who's fit, uh, who's fit at their uh, um, at their team. Um, uh, we need to know uh, how our form is, uh, how how we have managed to 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 uh, to play against uh, Manchester United, to Burnley, and uh, West Ham away, etc. You know the, the the draws that you you, you mentioned. So it, it's 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 I, I, this is. Um, a, a few games too far into in, into the future for me to to predict, and uh, you know, it, it is a very erratic season. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's I don't very like it very beat. very erratic. <laughs> and, and yeah, and we make it erratic as well. It's it's you know, Liverpool. We were like clockwork the last two seasons, and we aren't anymore. And uh, I, I'd like us to get back to that 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 clockwork. Yeah, I think so too. I think you're absolutely right. It's an erratic season. The Reds' form has also been erratic, to say the least. But before we go, um, I have two questions for each of you. Um, eight games, 24 points available. Chief, how many points do we get? Because I'm just writing Everton off as three points at Anfield, because why not, you know? Um how many points do we get from eight games? And what is our first leg Champions League last 16 tie score in Leipzig? So eight games. So I'd probably I'd go with maybe 20 points. Oh, that's optimistic. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. I mean, I see us winning the the big games there because most of them are at home. I see us being United. I see, Spurs is away, but I see us having too much for for Mourinho Spurs. I see us beating City at home because we generally do. I can see us throwing in a couple of draws if I'm honest, and and that's the only the only thing. Um, to be fair, City, you know, we I think we drew with them away, and it could be another one where we draw both games. With them this season, but but now nah, they they don't like coming to Anfield, and yeah, the fans and whatever. But still, we we should have the confidence there, and and they're almost beaten before they take to the field half the time when they when they come. Um, so yeah, I, and and I think our first leg in Leipzig. Let's say we get out of there with a with a one one. One one sounds good to me, Andy. Bear in mind, same two questions, but we have thirty three points in seventeen games. That's less than two points a game. So, what are you expecting we get from the next eight? And what is your Leipzig away from home score? 
Yeah, I was just thinking about your question there. I did 24 points, and something that crossed my mind is I would take 18 points as long as it was five wins, three draws, not six wins and two losses, because I worry about who's taking the points when we're losing the games. Um, I think we could be looking at a situation where Man City at home, um, I'm worried about the state of the league table um, by that point, and I, I'm worried that we might actually have to win that to be in a title race. I, I would back us to win that, to be honest but we might well be in that situation with the way we're going. Um, I think 18, 18 points out of 24 would keep us there or thereabouts, um, which I would probably take right now, the way City are playing and the way we're playing. Um, as for Leipzig, um, you know, Burrell's right. They, what, uh, people were a little bit uh, maybe too happy about the draw, I think just purely because we'd avoided Atletico, um, whereas people probably fail to realise that Leipzig maybe along with one other in that potential draw, uh, maybe Barcelona, um, are up there with the, the top sides in Europe as well. If Leipzig played in England, um, certainly in this season, they'd be in the top four race, but I think overall they'd probably be challenging for between top four and the title as well. I think Bar Man City and Liverpool would probably be the third best team in England in a normal season. Um, so that's that's the level of team you're playing against. Because it's round of 16 Champions League and it's you're not playing a Real Madrid or a Bayern Munich or whatever, you sometimes think... Um, you know, you're de- you're definitely going to win that game. You're not. You're 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 playing in a you're playing a, a top top side, and you know they've lost Werner, and but they were in the German title race for a long time last season. Uh, the, as Beryl says, got to the semis of the Champions League. I think without Werner as well, I think he transferred by that point. Um, you know they've got the guy that's a Pulson and Sorloth up front too. Anytime I've watched them, have been pretty dreadful. But I, I assume I'm just watching their bad days. Uh, because they do the numbers and their fans seem to rate them. So with that in mind, Leipzig have a quite a good defensive record, actually, low-key this season, bar the 5-0 against United and the 3-1 defeat to Dortmund. Uh, I think they only conceded nine goals in the league before this weekend, uh, which is pretty solid. Um, So I think everyone will be expecting a basketball game there, but I wouldn't be surprised if Klopp went there and took a 0-0, and that's my prediction for that one. Yeah, that's that's fair. We we <laughs> they're all we constantly we constantly have this lazy opinion. Well, we don't, but a lot of people have this lazy opinion of is heavy metal football, blah blah blah. But really, deep down, Klopp is a pragmatist, and we've seen it we've seen it time and time again. So you know, with that in mind, Andy says eighteen points. I'd be delighted with eighteen points, to be honest. But I think it's interesting. The points kind of aren't the most relevant thing at the moment. It's it's where we drop them. I think it's probably the more pertinent question. But what do you think? Are you gonna? Is it eighteen? Is it, are we gonna improve on a ratio of less than two points a game? And what's your Leipzig prediction? Uh, I think we need to uh, improve on the uh, on the two points per game. Uh, so yeah, I I I would back us to, to to you know even the eighteen points would be an improvement on that two points. But um, when you asked the question, uh, I thought twenty points and uh, exactly what Neil said. Um, and, uh, and and you're also very right that it, it, it and Andy said it as well. So we agree too much, uh, all four of us. But uh, um, it, it's 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 not only about the points; it's about the the psychological blows. Um, I, I remember uh, when we played away against Manchester City that I said you know, my prediction was if we win this game, 
we will uh, virtually have won the league. And, and, and it was, and I, and I, um, I conceded that is, uh, of course, you know, there's, there's so many points that y- you can't uh, possibly rationally say that, that you've won the league. But I considered Manchester City to be our uh, main rivals. And if you give them this psychological blow that they have proven not to be uh, able to withstand in the in, uh, last season at least, then then you might run away with it. And uh, But we didn't. Um, and we are a, a, a bit... Um, you know, uh, unstable ourselves this this season. Um, so it, it, it matters uh, uh, against whom you 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 drop the points uh, and and win the points. But you know, I I, I still back us. And and again, if Matip and Fabinho uh, can play as a central defensive pairing, and the important games, which are uh, against Manchester United, against Tottenham, uh, against Manchester City. Uh, then, um, then we should be able to win these games. And if we can win these games, then you know that's the most important thing you, you can do. And uh, it's not a, not only about the amount of points that you because they will drop points uh, after that, uh, exactly as as Tottenham did when we beat them. And they were top with us. Uh, we were second when we played them. Uh, we beat them, and then they started dropping points because of uh, the, the mental blow that we that we delivered them. Uh, if we manage to do that against Manchester United, against Manchester City, and against Tottenham, then um, 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 and it isn't as important how many points we uh, gather. They will drop points, but uh, that again, I think we could we should be able to to uh, gain twenty points. And uh, again, I have to agree with the, with the guys, uh, uh, um, especially at a first lag away. If we don't lose the game, it's good enough because we, we should be able to, to win uh, at home. Um, I, I think it's uh, the most logical, most rational prediction would be uh, uh, a draw. Uh, and I don't think, uh, you know, both 1-1 and 0-0 are very rational. Yeah, so I'll answer this question very swiftly. Um, 17 points and 2-1 Liverpool in Leipzig because we'll do one of those mad things and win away from home. So uh, that'll do us for the meantime. Until, well, I suppose after United when all will be revealed as to whether the Reds are still good or we're in some kind of weird funk and I suppose then we'll kind of have to start to ask the question of if it's a blip, how long does a blip last? When does it stop becoming a blip? So until then, up the please don't let it be a blip, Reds. No, wait, fix that. Up the please let it be a blip, Reds. (laughs) 